Well, welcome everyone to the uh, ninth edition of Bell's Brief Chats. Uh, Bell's is short for British Educated Life Scientists, of which there are literally thousands around the world. Bell's is an initiative that is uh, strengthening connections between them and a broader international audience and the UK Health and Life Sciences. Today's chat is with Mike Gray, based in the US, has extensive experience in public and private companies, and is a founder of a half a dozen companies. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Nigel. So uh, let's start with just sort of a quick overview of where you grew up, uh, attended school, and what triggered your decision to study chemistry at uh, Nottingham University? Sure. So I was uh, born and raised in the Midlands, a uh, small town called Bromsgrove, which is you know, between Worcester and Birmingham. Uh, and um, uh, went to, to, to Bromsgrove School, uh, which is a, uh, um, in uh, UK terms, a, a public school, uh, uh, probably better known for its um, prowess on the rugby field than its academic uh, achievements, but, but um, uh, nevertheless, a very solid education taught me the love of science, and that led me to, uh, uh, to studying chemistry as my uh, sort of lead um, uh, uh, um, scientific subject uh, there. And, um, and, and went to, to Nottingham, where, of course, there was a, a very strong chemistry department supported by lots of money from, uh, from Boots, um, which was uh, uh, based in, uh, founded in, uh, in, uh, in Nottingham. And then straight out of uh, university, uh, after you joined Glaxo, um, was that part of, of the milk, that milk, milk round, as it used to be then, or did Glaxo seek out chemistry grads like yourself? Well, I think I think so. 1974, if um, you know, for for the uh, sort of older members listening to this will remember that was a fairly difficult time in the UK. Um, you know, miners' strikes, three-day week. Um, yeah. You know, jobs were tough to come by. Um, I think there was nothing that that came through milk ground. Perhaps just a little bit of context here. Um, you know, I spent a year working in a lab between uh, finishing up in Bromsgrove and going to Nottingham. Um, uh, uh, and um, uh, 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 and that taught me a couple of things. One, I really like chemistry, uh, and the second was I really didn't like it, my getting my hands wet doing it, and uh, was much more interested in, yeah. in uh, shall we say, the the uh, um, the the uh, um, interest in the subject rather than the uh, what I regard as the tedium of uh, of experimental chemistry. And so my decision was to, to, to how can I utilize the chem, my chemistry without having to do um, you know, experimental uh, uh, science, or at least do the, do the experiments myself. And that led me to choose patents um, as a way to utilize my science background, but also um, get involved uh, in, you know, deep in, you know, deep in the science. Uh, and I, um, really focused exclusively on that. I, I identified the sum total of four potential openings um, uh, for a, a graduate chemist uh, that year um, uh, in a variety of different industries, one of which was in the pharmaceutical industry named Glaxo. And I was fortunate enough to get that position. And, um, and that started on beyond what became a almost 20 year career uh, in, uh, you know, in uh, Glaxo. Yep. Well, some some of you may have picked up a rumble, rumble of thunder. It's a rain of biblical proportions <laughs> hammering down in London. I understand you're in Park City, Utah at the moment, Mike, and uh, you've got smoky air and uh, a lot of heat. 
an extreme drought. Uh, I mean, the whole of the Western United States is an extreme drought, and and um, um, and uh, you know the, the effects of climate change are real. Uh, fortunately, Parks is in the mountains, so the temperatures are quite are quite moderate. But but um, yeah. around us, it's um, it's a little, a little toasty. So uh, you went initially, and interestingly, into uh, so in the patents department, if I my research is right. Um, what drove that? Was it them thinking that was a good fit for you or vice versa? No, that's really what I sought out. I think that, that, that my rationale there was um, you, you're, you're, you're dealing with um, you know, essentially the experiments that work, that lead to promising drug leads. And, uh, um, and you know, I spent you know, 10 years in the patents department and it was a, just a tremendous ongoing um, uh, science education uh, learned a lot of new chemistry, a lot of lot of biology, and um, and also sort of you know, pharmacology, medicine, and 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 the like. And and so it was a tremendous grounding um, and led me to interact with all, all, all parts of the organization and great uh, um, you, know, you know great 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 foundation for um, you, know, you know for the career that followed. Yeah, and then after working in legal. Uh, you moved into licensing and ultimately then into corporate development. Um, logical pro progression, it sounds like that's a logical pro progression from your point of view. Uh, the company via some sort of, was there an appraisal process that drew? That, uh, well, I think, I think that, that yes, but I mean, it, I mean that, that, that wasn't what led to it. So, so the, the, the progression was really this, in, in, in the second half of my involvement in patents. I mean, a lot of it was involved in uh, more in, in uh, sort of inter-parties uh, matters. So I, I, I was responsible for, for a lot of the, the patent activities in the cephalosporin field, for example. Yeah. Um, and there are a number of different companies involved in there. There's overlapping patents. And so we got a lot of negotiation of licensing, licenses and the like. Um, and, and so having done that from the patent side, then I moved on to really be part of, in, in a solution position in the legal group. And as a non-lawyer, that, that obviously caused some consternation amongst the lawyers in, in that group, but, but, um, uh, but really to bring technical expertise and an understanding of, of, of patents and, and, and patent licenses. Uh, to, to, to the licensing discussions. And, 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 and there was really playing a support role to the licensing group. Um, yep. And, um, uh, and the, the, the person who was leading licensing um, at that time was one, uh, Franz Humer, who uh, obviously went on to a very successful career, uh, uh, you know, initially in Glaxo and then, um, and then in Roche as, as CEO and then chairman of, of, uh, you know, of Roche. And so that was really a key your key moment in my, you know, my in my career in terms of working with, um, you know, with you know, with Franz Humer, and then, um, you know, as as um, uh, he um, uh, you know looked for for other people in the you know, in the licensing uh, in the corporate licensing group, uh, he, he he offered me the opportunity to to uh, um, to to join that after a brief interregnum in. Glaxo Pharmaceuticals, which was the UK operating um, arm where Franz was actually the, the managing director of that, but then he became really responsible for, for, for the overall corporate activities, so commercial activities within, um, 
uh, you know, within you know, within Glaxo, and then uh, very shortly thereafter became head of head of worldwide uh, business development licensing. Yeah, and then so you spent I think twenty years in Glaxo, and the first eighteen were in uh, in the UK, and then almost uh, actually almost fatefully the last uh, two years in North Carolina. Um, were you heading down a path of sort of almost being a company man with GSK or was a shift into the SME something you were starting to think about um, or was it simply the result of management changes? Well, I think so. So, so the move to the US was was, you know, was this. I mean, as, as, as those that probably worked in, in, you know, in um, uh, major European based pharmaceutical companies with a uh, significant US presence, um, there's always that uh, 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 so we push and pull as to where is the center of gravity. You know, clearly, the U.S. is the major market, major source of profitability, and 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 that uh, you tended to have a lot of you know, corporate type functions built up there. And there was a a separate U.S. licensing group that was um, straying beyond the bounds of um, of uh, you know, of of the United States, not not unreasonably, and the response from uh, from from sort of corporate headquarters was uh, to typically send a cease and desist notice to uh, uh, to their brethren in uh, in the United States. But I think we, we we tried to be a little more savvy than that and say, you know, this is a really accomplished group. How do we you know, how do we really uh, em embrace the you know the strengths rather than uh, rather than uh, Pen them into a um, you know which is a you know a large geographic area um, and and so we really combined the corporate group uh, and the U.S. group into one overall corporate group and really the smart thing to do was then to run it from the U.S. and and so I had a sort of a, a reporting line into the um, in, in, into into U.S. senior management as well as a reporting line into into the U.K. Um, yeah. senior, you know, senior management. I think it was a very very creative solution to um, you know to embrace the strengths of um, you know of you know both groups. So that was very successful, and we we did a you know a number of of you know, of important deals through through that means. And then it was clear that 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 Glaxo was going undergoing some some transformation. It was still Glaxo then. This was before Welcome and before yeah. um, uh, Smith Klein. Um, uh, and you know there was a change in management. Um, uh, uh, and um, um, I was um, offered a position back in the UK, um, which I didn't feel was the optimal um, career development move for me. And having spent nearly 20 years in Glaxo, it was probably the, uh, the, you know, the shock that really got me out of my, uh, my comfort there and, and, and uh, you know, look, to, um, look, look to explore other things. And one of the things, one of the great things about business development, certainly as they were then, I mean, if you look at, 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 at business development groups in, in big companies now, they're 100, 120 people, whatever. I mean, the, the, you know, the total worldwide group that, that um, in terms of you know, licensing executives that I ran uh, in 1994, before, sorry, 1993 before I left, was, um, was 10. Um, and everybody, everybody negotiated deals. Now I think you have it broken down into searches and negotiators and this is and that is and the other is or whatever. And I think that the you know, business development then was was something that really prepared you for working in a small a smaller environment and a great great stepping stone in, into that. So I decided to go off into um, uh, into these uh, smaller companies. Really joined a startup initially uh, in the Bay Area 
Uh, and um, you know, I think that was an interesting company. But uh, shortly after moving there, I got a call from uh, the CEO of, of Biochem Pharma. Uh, and the backstory there is the first deal that I negotiated um, as head of worldwide licensing was a license between, uh, between, between Glaxo and Biochem Pharma to bring in a compound that was known at that time as 3TC, um, which was um, uh, a treatment, reverse transcriptase inhibitor for the treatment of HIV. Uh, and um, it, it had a somewhat checkered path through development for a variety of reasons, mainly because we found that, that, that resistance um, to it emerged quite rapidly, um, but serendipitously found that that, that resistance mutation actually um, uh, induced a, a change in the reverse transcriptase that rendered it uh, um, uh, active again, um, or rendered AZT um, active against, against HIV. And so um, Biochem Pharma was, was pivoting to doing combination studies between AZT and 3TC. Um, CEO reached out and said, would you like to join? And, and, and I did and moved, and moved to Montreal. And, and that right. were four in, incredibly um, interesting years. And so, you know, the HIV community, uh, then, so this was before really effective therapies were available. There was AZT, DDI, DDC, D4T, um, which had marginal, marginal effect. Uh, but we very quickly initiated a phase three combination study with AZT. Um, the results were were I think announced somewhere around the um, you know, early in 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 1995, and the drug was approved in December 1995. Um, and there was a you know, commercial cooperation between Glaxo and Biochem Pharma. So there I was, you know, on the other side of the table dealing with with many of my former uh, Glaxo colleagues. Um, yeah. And Glaxo took the lead in launching, but we launched in in you know, in some markets and. Um, and it was just you know, an incredible experience to work um, with what was a very successful uh, launch. So um, you know, 3TC now known as lamivudine, still an important part of HIV you know, cocktails um, uh, today. A very successful launch um, in terms of um, you know, Combivir was the combined, combined, combined product and, and, and really yeah, I think one of the key learnings from that is something that shaped a lot of my more recent activities. And that was yeah. just the importance of uh, the patient community. And you know, if you work in a large organization, most of us are shielded from any interaction with the patient community in, in the whole you know, the AIDS HIV area. I mean, appropriate interaction with the patient community was such an important part of, uh, you know, of of that, that that, um, um, that 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 shaped a lot of my my thinking as we uh, you know as we move forward. Um, so so that you know I, I was had four great years at um, you know, Biochem. Uh, your know, product was launched and uh, and and you know it's a billion dollar plus product and and um, but you know very successful and and uh, you know. I intended to stay in Montreal was never going to be a lifelong stay there, great city that it is. Um, and so um, in towards the end of 1998, started looking at, um, at, at opportunities back in, you know, back in the US. And um, yeah. you know, that led me to San Diego after considering a number of other potential, uh, potential destinations. Yeah, and that was uh, first Traeger, 
biosciences and then structural genomics where you really work with the, the likes of Sean McCarthy and Tim Harris who are both sort of members of the Bells community. Yeah. Uh, that company was acquired by Lilly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, that, that uh, so Traeger Biosciences is one of the original communist oral chemistry companies. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, that was a, a, a skill set that others were looking, looking for. And, and so, uh, um, you know, that, that company was acquired. So I spent two years, you know, two, two years there. And then, and then joined um, Structural Genomics initially as chief business officer um, to work, you know, Tim, Tim Harris had founded the company we knew each other from Glaxo days. Yeah. Um, and this was a sort of classic early 2000 um, platform company. Uh, and the concept there was, was uh, high throughput um, protein structure elucidation um, and built a you know, really excellent platform, um, but really to transform what was a platform into a, um, a, a means of, um, of uh, producing um, novel uh, you know novel drugs uh, and, and that transformation went well um, we had a long-standing collaboration with Eli Lilly um, it also illustrated the um, uh, the the uh, the risks involved in, in in small company drug discovery and drug development um, we had very successful drug discovery um, took a took a product um, uh, into the clinic, um, uh, and um, a, a toxicity that was not discoverable by any of the preclinical work that was done emerged in in the clinic, um, and we we terminated that program. In the meantime, we'd taken the company public, and as a public company where your lead program has a uh, has a setback, um, your stock price tends to have a setback. Uh, we'd had a long-standing collaboration with Lilly, um, and you know they really liked the platform, uh, and they acquired the company um, and consolidated this um, th this structural biology platform into the Lilly Biotech Center in San Diego, and it's um, alive and thriving. And many of the people who were colleagues ten years ago, or, or more than ten years ago, uh, are still part of the Lilly. Um, you know, the little environment and uh, and doing great work there. So it was a um, it, it was a, a good outcome for many, not a great financial outcome necessarily, but 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 um, you know, great science was done and 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 and, and continued. And then and then you you sort of obviously got involved with Pappas. Did that come directly from you originally from your time in North Carolina, having built some sort of relationship with them? Yeah. So so so. Um, our purpose and I knew each other from from you know, from Glaxo a long 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 time and and he founded he 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 left Glaxo a similar time to me um, uh, you know as the, the, as the, as management there went through uh, you know went through transition um, and we'd done some work together uh, in uh, you know when I was at Biochem Pharma he had an advisory business then we did some a little work together then and then he founded uh, Pappas Ventures um, in um 1994 i think it was um and and from early on i i i i was you know an advisor um there uh and at various times we'd had discussions about me joining more formally um yeah. and 
I was briefly CEO of um, of Allspecs, but um, um, but but decided to move on from you know from that um, in uh, um, late 2009, and so then early 2010 joined joined Pappas as a venture partner. Yeah, based in San Diego, but with a lot of interactions with the group in North Carolina, and 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 so having um, sort of so parachuted in to feel like a number of small, smaller, you know, emerging biotech companies. Um, I, I really felt I'd learned enough that I really wanted to to uh, work on founding, um, yep. uh, founding companies, and 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 you know, working with a an experienced venture group was a was a good platform to do that from. And so, really, in, in I really started working on that, but also. Um, you know, the early stages of founding companies uh, um, isn't isn't something that occupies all one's time. After after you actually get beyond that point, it occupies way more time than you would want to necessarily uh, uh, commit to it. But so I was also working on on uh, on uh, you know, a number of um, you know, number of deals within you know, within Pappas and uh, and led a number of investments there. So which yeah. was great experience to, to actually. See the intricacies of, of venture capital from you know from 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 the VC side as well as looking at at uh, you know, company formation, and that really led me on a on a series of of um, of um, of your know, company you know, company formation. Um, uh, you know, as we as we've discussed, I'm currently working on on company number seven. Um, mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think the the first one of those that that we founded in in early 2011 was a company called Lumina, yeah, uh, that that's working the area of cholestatic liver disease. Um, and um, you know, that company we, we 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 progressed very rapidly, and and it was actually acquired by Shire in 2014. Um, uh, and um, the the Shire obviously went through a number of changes, you know, with Baxalter and then the 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 uh, merger or acquisition by 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 Takeda, and yep. so those those programs that that um, that I had sold to Shire in 2014, um, I I, I um, managed to um, uh, re-engage with um, in 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 2018 and um, and uh, acquired reacquired those programs from from Shire uh, and um, and uh, launched a company called Mirror, yeah, uh, which um, we financed uh, in December sorry November 2018 became operational pretty much around that time and uh, uh, took it public uh, very rapidly in uh, in July of 2019. Um, we have an NDA on file for the original program that we started back in 2011, uh, with a Padufa date uh, in September. So um, uh, it, it's um, it's been a uh, you know a ten year involvement um, in uh, you know, in this, and, and I think the experience there so it, it illustrates a you know, a number of things that that um, um, you know that that um, I, I've built on in in you know in, in other companies. I mentioned the experience with um, you know, with Biochem Pharma, the importance of the patient community. Yeah. So our approach in each of these companies is to identify typically clinical stage assets 
that for some reason haven't been progressed. Yep. Not for reasons of toxicity, um, but the initial um, programs that we took in uh, from, um, uh, actually from Pfizer and Sanofi into Formulamina were, were pro programs that were being developed for lowering cholesterol. Um, and you know, in the case of the Pfizer program, very extensive work had been done over 1500 uh, subjects treated in, in, in various, various phase one, phase two studies. So tremendous database there. Um, and and the, the mechanism was a, a rather sort of, sort of clunky mechanism. Is it worked by, by lowering bile acid levels um, and cholesterol is the biochemical precursor to, to, uh, you know, to bile acids. And so it lowered cholesterol. It worked, but statins worked a whole lot better. And so these programs got shelved. And, uh, and, and so we rationalized, well, actually what they're very good at is lowering bile acids and aren't the diseases where high levels of bile acids are, um, are, are, are an issue. And, and, um, and um, yes, they are. Uh, and, um, um, and cholestatic liver disease. And that's how we, how, how we, how, how we got started on, on that. Uh, and, you know, an integral part of, of um, what's been the success of, of um, uh, the, the development of these programs uh, is close working relationships with the clinical community in the UK. Yeah. So liver disease, you know, one of the great centers for liver disease is King's in London. Yeah. Uh, had a close collaboration with them over over many years, and that's been uh, you know been been you know, been been successful. You know, we've targeted uh, some um, uh, uh, um, rare, currently untreated liver diseases, algal syndrome, and progressive familial um, intrapatic cholestasis. Close collaboration there. And also the other key thing that led us to to you know to 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 do a lot of the initial work in in in, in the UK was a, the very constructive approach of the MHRA in in putting together clinical studies for these uh, you know, these programs, and we were able to get a much faster start to clinical studies in the UK um, than um, than we were in um, in you know in the US where it required rather more work before the FDA would. Um, uh, mm -hmm. move, move forward. So, so that that close close working relationship with um, with UK uh, centres of excellence in terms of clinical development is something that's a theme that's continued through various you know, various companies, and also a you know, a, a collaborative um, approach with um, you know, with MHRA um, yeah. as uh, you know, as well. It, it still makes um, you know, the UK an excellent place for doing clinical research, clinical development. Yep, um, and then you—I know you got involved in a Pfizer spin-out from the sandwich site in the UK, Ziarco Group, and that ultimately led to an acquisition by Novartis. So you've already covered the sort of interest in terms of working with the MHRA and the UK as a venue for clinical trials. And then, then when you look at the companies you've worked in, you seem to be following this blueprint now of. You become the C initial CEO, you get it going, and then you step back to an executive chairman level. Well, clearly, that's working well for you as well. Yeah. So, so, so I think that 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 you know, so so sort of the you know, so I've, I've mentioned the importance of patients and really you know focused on patients. And one of the sort of common themes that that run through each of the companies that I've been involved in, either the early stages of actually founding, 
it, it is, you know, if you do right by patients, you do right by the company. And that's sort of acute patient focus. The other common theme is, is um, you know, really, if you, if you think about the, you know, the three components of, if you're looking to, to put together a company, what are the three critical components? There's, you know, the science, the product, the technology, or whatever it is. And, and you know, as scientists, we make an, an assessment of that. And, and sometimes our assessment is right. Sometimes our assessment is wrong. But we can, we can make a, an assessment of that. Um, the second is the, is, is the money, which is the sort of fuel that helps us run. And many people who, who, who are starting off doing this think that that's the most difficult thing to get. Uh, get, get. Actually, it's the easiest uh, thing to, uh, you know, to get, particularly recently, where there's been so much money much investment in biotech. By far and away, the most challenging piece is um, is getting the people right. Um, and, and so having a have, you know, putting together a good team is is really the key ingredient for success. And so typically, as I founded these companies or worked with an early stage company, um, came in as uh, you know in, in 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 the leadership role, but really built a team, um, uh, and then you know and then worked. And then stepped aside as CEO with with a um, you know often you know somebody's coming into CEO position for you know for the first time, uh, yeah. and then as chair or executive chair work closely with the uh, you know with the team and uh, and you know, and the board to really build that build that company and it's been a you know a successful su successful model say working on company number seven and of the prior six three were acquired um, yeah. I mentioned Lumina. Uh, Amplex was acquired recently by Pfizer, um, a, a, a novel, really important area, novel antifungal. Um, you know, one, I think one of the real um, needs in this industry, which is not being appropriately addressed by major companies, are novel anti-infectives. Yeah, very much. The, I mean, the, F, the, 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 the UK is, is really you know, one of the leaders in recognizing this. As an issue and is doing more, but but on its own cannot can't do everything. And and um, you know, whilst there are many initiatives that are that are taking place, there's still not enough being done. I mean, antimicrobial resistance is a clear present threat, um, and the potential downside of of ignoring this is far greater than than you know than COVID or the next pandemic. And if the last eighteen months haven't taught us anything at all, it's it's you know, infectious disease still matters. Um, the existing drugs we have to treat bacterial infection and fungal infections, uh, there is emerging resistance and we need to be doing more about it. And, and that's the message that, that I think the UK government recognizes, not enough governments around the world recognize and, and major pharmaceutical companies are not doing enough in this area. Yep. Pfizer to their credit do recognize this and, um, and uh, you know, we were developing a, a novel antifungal um, novel class of antifungals with excellent activity. They recognize the benefits and um, acquired that company in April. Cool. I mean, so you're, you're touching there on, on sort of entrepreneurial talent and so on. As you've been involved in the UK, one of the things that we're very uh, aware of and is how rich the Bells community on a global basis is in terms of entrepreneurial talent. Um, and, and we hear the lament both expressed, you know, from outside, but equally from in the UK by venture funders, um, a, a shortage of true what they would call entrepreneurial management talent in the UK. 
one of the things that we're setting up this year is a, a, a registry for advisory and board talent. But equally, I think it is about how can we help in inserting talent in. Um, given the fact that you alerted to me to the fact you have a, a flat in Clifton, <laughs> is this something, one, of personal interest? And two, is it something that uh, you, you feel is, is you echo that, that, that is important for the UK going forward? Yeah, so so I mean, I think I think that 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 I mean, let's let's talk about the you know the pluses and and and, and know where the challenges are. I mean, there's, I mean, the science in the UK is as good as anywhere. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing you know we're seeing that. I mean, and the UK has made great strides in terms of company formation and uh, and and you know, and the like. Um, you know, there's it's a great place to to do um, uh, clinical research, clinical development. Uh, I mentioned King's you know, with one of my other companies right now, we have a, a tremendous collaboration with the University of Newcastle um, mm -hmm. and where they have, you know, they're one of the leading world centers on mitochondrial um, uh, uh, disease. Um, and we're doing a study or have done a study with them and, and, and moving on to doing a, hopefully a pivotal study with, you know, with them because they have a database of, um, in a, again, in a rare, a rare disease, which there's no approved therapy. A, you know, database of, of, I know what the number is now, 1,700, I think, you know, genotype patients. That's just an incredible resource um, yeah. in terms of, of, of um, selecting patients for, um, you, know, you know, for clinical study in a rare disease. Uh, and so, you know, I think all, all, all those things are, you know, are very, you know, are very positive. You know, I think that, 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 the UK, despite all that, is somewhat risk averse. We see that in terms of the levels of funding that come in to, 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 to most companies where, where I think that, that they find themselves capital constrained. Um, and we know that the typical British response is, if you say, I've got this new idea, the first thing that somebody will say to you, well, well let me tell you the five reasons why it won't work. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, in the US where I've chosen to work for, for, um, you know, for, 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 for some time, um, the, the amount of capital available is, is more significant. NASDAQ provides a, uh, a, you know, a clear um, uh, avenue to, to, to tap into, uh, uh, in, in, into larger capital at lower, lower cost of capital. as uh, a clear path for, for, you know, for companies there. And you see, we've got a good idea. Somebody says, great, let's try it. Um, and they don't tell you the five reasons why it won't work. And so I think that this is a, just a tremendous environment for, for, you know, for doing these entrepreneurial early stage, early stage companies. And I think yeah. that the UK lags some way behind, behind that. And I think um, uh, it just hasn't, has, you know, I think that, that um, you, know, you develop talent by exposing them to opportunity. And I think that the, the range of opportunity with the, the right entrepreneurial men, uh, Mindset is more limited in 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 the UK than it is in the US, um, yeah. and I think those of us who have who have really been through the development, the evolution of the of the biotech industry here over the last you know, 20, 30 years um, have have some greater experience than, than perhaps that can be gained um, in the UK. There are group, there are really talented people in the UK. I think that 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 um, um, you know combining some of the experience from from uh, from, from, from the US environment with those in the UK, I think could be, could be highly beneficial. Yeah, and I think, I think um, my own vantage point, having come back to, to run the BIA and seen the industry here in the last 10 years, 
Um, I certainly want to assure listeners that actually there, are, there is quite a lot of progress. So, you know, we don't want to sort of, it's balancing off, yes, we need the entrepreneurial talent, but also to actually celebrate sometimes a bit more actually what's happening. And, and on that score, you know, a particular bugbear of mine is uh, how much actually what's going on in the UK is really known outside the UK. It's a marketing shortfall in my view. And I'm just wondering whether that is something that, although you are a lot more involved, say, than some of your peers would be in the UK, whether that perception um, is, is a fair one and whether you actually think that your colleagues in the, U, the US, particularly the American executives, are quite understanding of, of the huge opportunities the UK represents. Well, I, th I think I think there is certainly a knowledge gap there. I think I think that 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 is less than it less than it was, but 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 there's still that still that knowledge gap. I think that that um, um, that that um, yeah, I know that 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 um, you know there's a lot of lot of activity by 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 you know, UK trade to to really spread the you know spread the message. I've I've seen a lot of that. Um, uh, you know, in terms of my interactions with you know with various UK trade representatives and and and, and the like, but it is it is it is somewhat limited. I think I think most of the people there tend to be expats rather than uh, rather than uh, rather than Native Americans, as it were. And uh, perhaps preaching to the choir is um, uh, they they need to uh, it, 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 the message needs to get to the non-believers uh, a little more yeah. than uh, than uh, than you know than those of us who uh, who who. Um, you know, who understand full well what, what, what the benefits are. It's interesting that that's our target, you know, when by working with people like yourself, isn't just you guys, it's actually your spheres of influence, the people that you interact with. And by equipping you with more and more knowledge of what's going on in the UK, then there are more and more interactions that can actually spread the gospel, if you like. Um, do you think you're sort of, um, have you got an insatiable desire to keep on doing this company formation, Mike? Well, I, I mean, I don't know whether it's an insatiable desire to keep on doing it. I mean, so we're working on number seven, as I say, and, and yeah. um, um, each, each one um, uh, is a, um, uh, you know, is a, um, you know, a significant effort. I mean, you know, we, we start, I mean, often, and, and there's always, you know, I've talked about the successes. I haven't talked about the many dry wells we've stuck along along the way. And so, um, you know, the latest company we call Ceriso Pharmaceuticals. Um, and we started that last year um, yeah. as a as a vehicle to to acquire uh, some assets out of out of pharma. Uh, did a lot of work on that. And and um, at the end of the day, said pharma decided to do a um, a different type of deal with uh, you know, with with you know, with somebody else. And um, uh, and so, um, and that's that's really the history of a number of these companies. There's a lot of things that that one looks at, and a lot of dry wells, um, or a number of dry wells before you get to uh, to success. Um, you know, earlier this year we identified some assets actually in the UK um, for from with a company that, that that probably wasn't going to be able to get the necessary funding to 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 advance them. It fits mm -hmm. with our model, you know, the clinical stage assets with good data. Um, yep. that, that we can uh, put together an appropriate transaction with the originator of those assets um, and, um, 
and put together a company with um, you know, with with you know, with fresh capital behind it. And uh, you know, we fund you know we fund the initial activities with our own with our own money, and then and then once we've got that in place, um, look to raise um, raise raise uh, you know, venture funding around it. And we're you know, we're currently negotiating on a term sheet for um, you know for a Series A uh, to, to that, and then look to uh, you know, bring in the appropriate. The, the appropriate funds to do the studies that the uh, originating company wasn't able to do, and, and um, you know, you know that's that's really been our model, and and we'll continue to uh, um, you know, actively look look for these uh, look, look look for these opportunities as well as um, you know work with um, work with other you know others. I'm you know a very exciting company in San Diego that I'm I'm working with as the executive chair, as, and you know not not a company I was involved in founding, but in the Targeted protein degradation area, which is just one of the the hot areas of science currently, and a tremendously exciting uh, company that um, um, is um, uh, doing 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 you know, great science and and bringing a new approach to a to 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 a to a new sort of drug discovery modality, which um, you know, just continues to. Uh, um, uh, you know the, the sort of intellectual stimulation that comes from dealing with this cutting edge science. You know is, is something that that uh, you know, continues to keep I think, many of us um, interested and engaged. Your company building continues. So I guess finally I'd close just by asking you what your perception is of the relative importance of Bell's in terms of the UK, um, where it can make can continue to make an impact in the UK and indeed for members of the Bell's community. Well, I think you know any any means of of you know of building building connections. I mean, I think the great thing about about biotech is is you know these you know you know everybody's connected by by six degrees of of uh, you know separation or whatever. I mean, in biotech, it's two degrees maximum. In any case, one. I mean, it's just a tremendous relationships that we build, um, and um, and anything that can that can further those relationships further, I think, is 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 good, and I think that there's there is just a tremendous. I mean, the U.S. is so the U.K. is is a you know is a educational uh, uh, powerhouse still yeah. is, um, and many people have had the benefit of of um, of of being trained there, be they um, native native Brits or or or, 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 or others. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just 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 tremendous capability. We've we've we spread around uh, quite um, you know you know quite uh, qu quite widely. I think we've accumulated you know, a range of experiences, and I think that that um, you know one of the one of the great great strengths in building organisations is diversity of experience. Yeah. Um, you know, I look to put together boards that have diverse experience, leadership teams that have diverse experience, and I think as as um, you know, making these connections and and uh, you know, looking to to to, to work with um, others, um, I think is 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 really valuable. We, we touched on Ziarco, um, you know, spin out Pfizer in Sandwich, um, which we're probably getting a fair bit of attention uh, this week. Um, um, not Ziarco, but but Sandwich, um, and uh, and um, I, you know, I think that was a really good experience. I mean, really talented group of people there. Um, and then having having the connections that could really tap into a broader range of of, of investors, a broader range of of um, potential um, uh, potential acquirers, led to you know, 
you know, to a great out outcome there. And so, you know, though if, if we can forge those types of connections more broadly, then I think that that would be very helpful. Well, Mike Gray, thank you very much for sharing your both your history, your experiences, and your insights um, today. And I, I'm sure everyone will have thoroughly enjoyed the session. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nigel. It's a pleasure. Thank you.